You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Battle Red Nation, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast and news update. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. John, some sports guy, Hickman, happy to be back with you guys. Had a busy week. And I think the biggest question mark of this season, one of the biggest question marks of this season has been the, how can I put this? The expectations for Will Fuller. Now, those expectations comes with the Texans picked up his fifth-year option. They want to see games. We want to see games. Also, DeAndre Hopkins is gone. We want to see the same production, if not better, expecting-wise, if he was going to be there or not. He needs to be that number one receiver. And so we have finally had the opportunity to hear from uh, Will Fuller about how his offseason has been going, about how he feels physically, uh, about how the Texans were so much better when he was on the field compared to when he was off the field. So there's a lot of aspects of speaking with Will Fuller that I think is very important. So we're going to take the opportunity and time to dive into that. This episode is brought to you by Bill Bar, an energy bar that tastes just like a candy bar, Speaking of an energy bar, that's probably what DJ Reader had when he had his media availability. Of course, you know, that one was in Cincinnati because he plays for the Bengals now. But DJ Reader made a very interesting statement during his media during his media availability on yesterday. And he was talking to the reporters and someone asked him about his time in Houston. And he said that he wants to prove that he is the best nose tackle in the NFL, which has me wondering. Do you think the Houston Texans will regret their decision to resign DJ Reader? Because last year was a pretty good year for Reader. This is a guy who had recorded 52 total tackles, six tackles for loss, two and a half to three sacks, and he had a career high 13 quarterbacks hits. And the reason why I brought that up, because we know this defense, at least the front seven, is not going to be as good as we became accustomed to over the last, what, five to six years. I mean, you're talking about a defensive line that had once featured J.J. Watt in his prom, a rising star in Jadavion Clowney, and even a young and up-and-coming D.J. Reader. Now, of course, you know, Clowney has been gone. This is the first time that we're going into a season without D.J. Reader. We have some young studs, a lot of guys with a lot of potential, but of course, like we say every single day, given the state of our world right now and given the NFL I'm not too confident in what in what that front seven is going to look like in 2020, especially the first couple of games of the season. And by the way, especially when we go up against Kansas City and Baltimore. But of course, you know, taking all that into consideration, would the Texans regret DJ Reader? Now, before we get into it, I have to mention that DJ Reader did sign a four-year contract extension to join Cincinnati, worth 53 million back in March. And, um, yeah, 
I, I think at the end of the day, Bill O'Brien might look at this situation and say, we let one get away. I don't think so because the ultimate goal in the next two years is to make sure that players was locked up. That's Larry Tunsil. That's also Deshaun Watson. Signing DJ Reader would have not allowed that to happen. You don't want to miss out on your franchise superstar. You don't want to miss out on the guy that's going to protect him. Losing DJ Reader, although it was big, I'm not mad at DJ Reader, and I'm happy that he went to Cincinnati. I'm happy he got his bag, but we don't – we. He wasn't a Aaron Donald, right? And he was very phenomenal at his position. could have kept him. I really do. But for the amount of money that he got, that he wanted, that he was owed and deserved, no, we don't miss him. We're not going to miss him because would you rather have DJ Reader and no Deshaun Watson? Of course. And then with the pandemic, in hindsight, if that deal would have gotten done and if he would have, if he would have stayed in Houston, then the money that we could potentially use for Deshaun Watson would have went down tremendously because of how the salary cap is going to work uh, over the next, what is it, two to three years of them trying to recuperate some of the money that they will lose because fans can't be all at the stadium. It's going to be all right. Um, I think he will have a great year for Cincinnati, but I also believe that in the future, we got a stud in Ross Blacklock. One of the guys that I'm really looking forward to see play this year with the opportunities he will receive. So we'll be all right. I don't think the Texans are in a position where they're going to have to wait on the development of a Ross Blacklock because other than having money, I'm pretty sure Deshaun Watson want to see success with this team. And everyone knows the slogan, defense wins championships. And outside a couple players, Justin Reed, Lonnie Johnson Jr. I'm not too sure that the Texans have too many dogs on the defensive side of the ball. And that's my biggest concern. I guess just forget about defense and let's just go into a shootout and whoever comes out on top with the most points wins. I can't wait to discuss points and how Will Fuller would be able to affect more points getting put up on the scoreboard. However, P.J. Hall did visit with the Houston Texans yesterday uh, Hall was a member of the Raiders in August. He was a member of the Raiders when August began, but then he was traded to the Vikings shortly afterwards. He failed his physical in Minnesota. Uh, the Raiders went ahead and cut him as well. Hall was a second-round pick for the Raiders in 2018. He's had 48 tackles, one-and-a-half sacks, and 30 career games. We also know that Eddie Vander does has opted out this season due to COVID-19. Bringing in P.J. Hall will help. If he gets signed, if the Texans believe that he's somebody that they want around, he could help. Not will. He could help with the production of that defensive front, big guy up front. Uh, He'll just be another body that can really help out. And somebody Ross Blacklock can learn from a little bit of ins and outs of the NFL. Bill Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Bill Bars are tasty. Not none of that bland, no flavor bars. No, none of that. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Who doesn't like candy bar? Snickers, Mr. Good Bar, the whole nine, but it's just a little bit more better for you. 16 amazing flavors, eight chocolate nut flavors, eight chocolate nut-free flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy like me. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. 
Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, which is what you really need if you're really trying to get it a little bit healthier. Flavor profile here, peanut butter brownie, 20 grams protein, 170 calories, 3 grams sugar, 3 grams net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Again, that is promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. There are a lot of storylines going on with the Houston Texans this season. Of course, we're talking about Deshaun Watson's contract extension, second-year players like Titus Howard, Lonnie Johnson Jr. making big leaps in year two of their careers, and plus, um, David Johnson, how good is he going to be? Can he live up to at least be half of the player he was in 2016? We know all about that. But at the end of the day, the biggest storyline surrounding the Texans all revolves around one player. And of course, that guy I'm talking about is Will Fuller. This is a guy who is in his contract season. Um, as you mentioned earlier, John, he had his fifth-year option picked up. And everyone knows contract seasons are really big for players. And if he do not live up to the expectations, I'm pretty sure this, is, this will be the, his last year in Houston. And outside of what is normally when, when a player is, has entered their contract season, that is by far the number one storyline, the number one topic surrounding that player. And they can fully, the, they, they can fully focus on getting that bad in performances and performing to their highest level. Unless your name is Will Fuller, because outside of your potential next contract, his biggest storyline, his biggest question mark, can he stay healthy? And for anyone, I don't know about you, John, and listeners at home, I don't know about you guys, but to me, if your name is not Deshaun Watson, the, the, the success of this team in 2020 will fall on the shoulders of Fuller. On Tuesday, we had the opportunity to hear from the man himself. Fuller spoke on a lot of topics of course, regarding his health, his high expectations, and of course, stepping into that number one receiving role with D-Hop no longer on the team. I've talked about it. John, you talked about it. We know the team has talked about it. Listeners, I'm pretty sure you guys have talked about it. We all believe that Will Fuller is talented. John, you know, way before you and I took over this show, me and you used to talk about the Texans, and I and I used to say, I believe in Will Fuller talent. I believe he could be a low tier one, high tier two receiver in this league. And apparently I'm not the only one because Deshaun Watson said a couple of weeks ago in his media availability that he believes that Will Fuller is going to be one of the best wide receivers in this league. I love the confidence. I love the expectation, but I'm not too sure that I believe in his ability to stay healthy, John. I'm sorry. and. I kind of feel like we're going to see another year of Will Fuller starting out the year hella good. We get to around week five, week six of the regular season. The hamstring starts to act up, ankle injuries. Next thing you know, he he's playing and, you know, he only stay on the field for about five minutes and you see him going to the locker room. Next thing you know, he's on the sideline in his warm-up. And not to mention – even with DeAndre Hopkins, this is a team that was hello was really good. I think they had a six to seven point different differential between Fuller being on the field versus without being on the field. 
I, I don't know, John. I, I, I think Fuller's health is going to fail this organization. Let me interject your comment about it. The offense will fall on Will Fuller's shoulder. No, I say I don't the, think the, the the success of this team. The success of this team will fall on Will Fuller's shoulder. No, it won't. It won't at all. The success of this team can still be successful. Can still go ten and six, eleven and five. If Will Fuller does not meet those expectations, Brandon Cooks is a better receiver than Will Fuller. Brandon Cobb is also on this team. Kenny Steels is also on this team, and so we have guys on this team at that receiver position that are a. If you throw in Will Fuller, who ran a what four two, Brandon Cooks ran a four two, uh, Kenny Steels ran a four three. He even talked about it. DBs in this league fear speed. They all have it, and. You know, the biggest excitement when we look at the success of this team, right, is deciphering which offense we're going to get. Now, we know Tim Kelly is a full-time play caller, and we've seen a little bit of the difference in a Bill O'Brien play call and a Tim Kelly play call. And the creativity behind that will get everybody down to the running backs, down to David Johnson, down to Duke Johnson, down to the tight ends involved to where – this team could possibly have three 800-yard receivers, three 900-yard receivers, right? And you, they are still going to be effective because everybody can get their hands on the ball and do something with it. So I don't think him not having that expected year that we'd like to see out of him when it comes to games played, stat production, I don't think that if he doesn't meet that stat-wise that – um, the the offense or the success of this entire team will fall on his shoulders. Now, we'll say, if if you wanted to put it like this, if he does play those 14, 15, 13 games, what it'll be important to see is just him out on the field for that amount of games. Because I think if the, the NFL has a full season and if all 32 teams play uh, all 16 games, without any COVID interruptions. If he can play those amount of games, then I think his numbers won't actually matter as much as his presence. That makes sense a little bit. Because if he's on the field, then that is another speedy guy that can go out there. And we've seen a couple of plays where Will Fuller goes out and get the ball. We've seen how easy it is for him to create separations, uh, separation from the DB. We've also seen it with Brandon Cooks. We've also we also know how good Randall Cobb is at just being who he is, right? He just being that great of a receiver as a second or third man. You throw in King Steels in the mix. Also, I think the Texans, you know, Swiss Army knives, the Duke Johnson and David Johnsons of the world, who they have, the Johnson boys, they're going to be pretty good. So I don't I don't really think number wise, Will Fuller success or the Texans success falls on him uh, when it comes to numbers, but I think the number of games he plays is more important, and I hope I'm making sense with that. Now, another aspect of Will Fuller and what we like to see, because, Cody, I believe me you can agree the amount of games that we want to see is for you is what, about 12? What, what is the number that you want to see out of Will Fuller games played? 16. You Okay. You want to see 
the I full want 16. all 16 hey, games. And to get to that, we know that he has to fight through those injuries. Throughout the offseason, uh, Will Fuller worked with uh, Ben Fairchild, and Will Fuller spoke about it was the small things like his posture that overlooked they had to get fixed. The fact that he's taking out time to work on those small things that have been overlooked by the time he got to the league, how long? You never know how long. That means that he's taking every precaution not to have an excuse. Oh, my back. So I didn't. I missed a couple games because I believe he knows his expectations are high. He knows. He he he, he hears everybody talks about it. He can't stay healthy. Uh, why did they pick up his fifth-year option? Get rid of him. So much criticism. So he's doing his research. He's working out, and he's he's working to fix those small things because, like you said, and I, I honestly I think we 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 are agreeing. We just see two different points of views that not the full team, but this offense can be so much more successful when he's on the field. And if he wants to be on the field, which I know he does, I don't even know why I said if he's committed to be on the field, you know, do everything possible in your power to make sure you're actually on the field. Those small things really do mean a lot. <laughs> but here's the problem. I'm I'm doing it. You doing it. Everyone is doing it. We all sound like a broken record because every single year we say the same thing. Can he stay healthy? Will he stay healthy? Will Fuller comes out talking about how to wait, how he has made adjustments to his body and he feel like he's at his best, yada, yada, yada. But then once the game starts, it's the same story over and over again. The only difference is in 2020, you don't have a guy by the name of DeAndre Hopkins that you could depend on and you have a lot more expectations and responsibility added to your name. That's the only difference here. That is why I say I feel like he's going to I don't want to say fail the organization because I don't want to make it seem like, you know, it's going to be that terrible of a year for him. But this team is depending a lot on Will Fuller. I get it. Brandon Cooks, I mean, at the end of the day, those two guys are toss-up. If you want to go Brandon Cooks is better than Fuller, go right ahead. Me personally, I think it's a draw. Whatever that you ask me, that's the guy I'm going to give you. And like like I keep saying, and like everyone keeps saying, this guy is talented. And just like Deshaun Watson said, I do believe he will, if he can stay healthy, be one of the top receivers in this game this year. And that's something I've always said. And I've always said if he had the opportunity to, out beyond being healthy, if he had the opportunity to be the Texans' number one receiver, I do believe he he has the talent to live up to that expectation. But you start talking about that hamstring. You start talk, talking about the the, the 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 knees. You start talking about the ankles. You start talking about his body himself. I don't know, John. Certain athletes, I don't know if it's because their body get a lot of wear and tear early. Sometimes that their body don't allow them to live out to their full potential. And I believe that ten years down the line, that's that's how we're going to view Will Fuller. I, I think number one, without the wear and tear of a preseason, offseason, OTAs, and that nature, just having the go through surgery, have everybody rest up, not put any miles on there for the, what, six or seven months now outside of your routine workout sessions. I think that'll help Will Fuller um, because his body will be a little bit more fresh. But I do hope that when he gets out there on that field, I hope it's fresh. I just hope it's not tight. 
we just finished talking about Will Fuller and what's funny, this is a guy that's in his contract season. This is a team that needs to make sure they save as much money as possible so they can resign this other guy by the name of Deshaun Watson because that's your franchise quarterback. And as important as that is, we just spent a whole segment talking about this guy's body and his health. But, which brings me to my next point when you're talking about Will Fuller. If the Houston Texans were to re-sign him next offseason, what would be a fair contract? How much money do you think he's going to demand? Of course, we don't think it's going to be in the lights of, let's say, of, we, we all know it's not going to be in the lights of a Michael Thomas or a D-Hop or anybody like that. But Keenan Allen, maybe? I, I don't know. I, I personally think that might be a little bit too high. John, we, we talked about this time and time again. We understand the reason why Jadavion Clowney left his organization. We understand why they let DJ Reader walk, walk. We understand why they traded DeAndre Hopkins. The number one element in every single one of those players walking out of this organization is the fact that they wanted more money. Now, here we are again, another guy, another key guy who's going to want more money. Is this going to be another situation where we look up and see that Will Fuller is going to walk away from his organization without nothing in returns? Or do you think the Texans are going to give him some kind of bag knowing that, hey, we still got to pay the guy under center? Yeah, I don't think Will Fuller is going anywhere. I also think he will receive uh, something along the lines of Kenan Allen, a 45-year total value with 11, roughly 11, uh, 11.2 million per year. I think that'll be fair also considering that's the highest I think he will get. But if he goes out there and have a good year, let's say he stays healthy for about 13, 14 games, gets between 800 and 1,100 receiving yards, I think he can get that Kenan Allen type of money. I think that's the ceiling. I think the floor for him it's somewhere around uh, Golden Tate, $37.5 million uh, with a 9.3, 9.4 average salary. I think that is his floor if he goes out there and only plays about nine games, gives you between 600 and 800 receiving yards, nothing too spectacular. Uh, then I think that'll be his floor where he just gets that minimum money to where we know you're going to have those very big dynamic moments. However, we can't sink too much money into you because we can't trust you to be there for more than those moments. I'm John Summer Sports Guy Hickman having another moment here with you guys. Follow me on Twitter at Summer Sports Guy with two Y's at the end. Also follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook. We see you showing some love on Facebook. We see you guys. Having a whole lot of moments, clicking and liking and liking and clicking. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.
You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.